Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. It's time to break down what went right and what went wrong during yesterday's game. Severe Reaction is on the air with your host, Michael Severe, and the most important voice of all, yours. Severe Reaction starts now. Powered by Equitable Bank, we take banking personally only on 1620 The Zone. Casey by himself in the backfield in the shotgun. Three to the left, two to the near side. Second and goal for the 11. No score. Mid-second quarter. Snap back to Thompson. Has some time. Steps throws over the middle. Pass is caught near the goal line by Trey Palmer. And it's a touchdown. Nebraska, Trey Palmer's sixth touchdown of the year. Yeah, go get it, young fella. In traffic, gutsy. He woke up in a bad mood. He'll feel a little bit better right now. This is Van Zeist who is 6 of 8 on the year. Snap down. Van Zeiss kicks it in towards the uprights and wind grabs no it, good. shoves it. No good. Didn't get there in time. Comical, I tell you. Comical here at Van- in Lincoln is a 7 nothing Oscar lead. <laughs> and that's going to get me to laugh, so good on you. Two stacked each way. Thompson on the shotgun. Grant to his right from the 19 of the Badgers. Snap back, low snap. Casey has to go get it. Steps throws to the end zone. Has a man wide open. Touchdown, Nebraska. Trey Palmer wide open. Right at the goal line. Six more for the Big Red. Put that one on the board. Boy, sleepy at the wheel if you're a Badger. And this place lights up like a premature Christmas tree. How do you turn three ball loose? Second touchdown catch of the day for Palmer. And Nebraska's opened this up now. There's your two-score lead. And 10-25 left in the game. Huskers by 11. Two eligible to the near side. It's an eye formation. Malusi the deep back. Rolling the pocket to the near side. Mertz looking, holding, being rushed. Looks, throws to the end zone. The pass is caught. Oh, man. He oh. Threw back shoulder to Bell, who kind of slipped by a Husker defender. Braxton Clark makes the grab, and it's six points on the board for the Badgers. Talk about ill-advised throw. No business throwing that football. Boy, Braxton Clark is going to be kicking himself about over that one. High formation. Mertz under center. Keeps it himself. Pushes toward the goal line. Pile up near the goal line. No signal yet. Clock still rolling. 38-37. Badgers think they have a touchdown. And finally the arms go up. And the Badgers have taken the lead at 15-14. The man of minute or seven or eight seconds went off the clock as they unpiled them. Wow. I, you know, Wisconsin will go for two again here. Pretty good effort today by the Oscars. That's a fantastic Just effort. Great job. Mickey had them ready to play. Coaches did a good job of the game plan. They did pretty much everything right except win the game in the end. Casey Thompson, last play of the game coming up. Gets a snap, steps up, guns the ball down the field looking for Trey Palmer. In and out of his hands and complete game over. Badgers make it nine in a row over the Huskers as they beat Nebraska 
15 to 14, and they become bowl eligible with the victory here today and a celebration on the near sideline for the Badgers as they know they're headed bowling for the 21st straight year. Yeah, somehow Nebraska found themselves with a chance to win the game with only 49 snaps. I got to do a better job of getting them to close people out. And that's that's going to happen with maturity and doing a better job. But I'm taking that off to these kids. You know, just a a good character group, group that's not going to quit. I told them today they're a better football team when the day I met them in December. And we're going to continue to get better. Day in and day out. And we're going to come back next week. And we're going to play hard again. And look for a different result. Just didn't happen today. This one hurts. Hey, a severe reaction on 1620 The Zone. I am Michael. Chance is producing the show. You can hear it in Mickey Joseph's voice there. It was a somber tone. It was a... Difficult situation. It was a tough game to lose, but Nebraska loses again. 15-14. to 14. You've heard that line before, haven't you, Chance? It's uh, it's called, it says, anticipation of death is worse than death itself. Have you heard that phrase before? Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard, like, impending doom. And doom. Just, just rocks you to your soul. That's what made that worse, because as you're watching the game, whether you're in the stadium or at home, you could see it happening. You could, in your mind, you can go, they're going to score, aren't they? And probably mm. miss the two point conversion and leave Nebraska just enough time to fail to get a field goal and leave here with a one point loss. You could feel it. You could feel it coming. It was the anticipation of the loss. But the loss was pretty bad, though. And there's been a number of bad losses this year. And there's been a number of times where you look back and you say, if one thing goes one way or one thing goes the other way, and and this game is similar in one way to the Minnesota game, but on the other hand, Wisconsin was moving the ball well. They just they kept shooting themselves. In the, they, it was the Lovey Smith defense for Nebraska where they gave up yards and Wisconsin moved the ball, but they had the missed field goal because of an incredible burst of wind. It's it's so funny because see people in the stands because if you don't, I'm gonna show they don't show the uh, the field goal attempt by the. By the fan, do they? On TV? Um, Did they ever show that on television? They'll have a fan come out of the stands after the first quarter and try to kill field goal? I don't think so. Okay, so this every time they do this, it's to the North Stadium, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where the wind was blowing in the face of the kicker. And so they bring this young woman out, and um, she was you know celebrating and doing everything and getting the crowd pumped up, and she had to kick into the wind. Oh, no. And she actually hit it good, had a good back spin on it and everything, and... It got knocked down by the wind. So when, at the end of the first half, when Wisconsin lined up for the field goal, we're all like, well, we've seen this just a little while ago with this woman. And he kicks it, and it's in the air, and it's going straight, and it was literally like something just reached out of the ground and grabbed the ball and held it there for a second and then dropped it. I've seen a lot of wind in Memorial Stadium before North Stadium was finished before East Stadium Edition was added when wind was pretty nasty in there. That was as bad in one direction as I've seen 
since I've been I've been here twenty years. I've been going to game. First game I went to was in ninety eight. Um, it was incredible. It just you could hear you could hear uh, Greg and Damon laughing because if you're in the state and we and I'm closer to the North Stadium than they are. They're more like back on the thirty five yard line towards South Stadium. I'm on like the twenty five yard line to North Stadium. So we were right in line with the ball just getting stopped in the air. Like somebody hit pause and it just go up and then it falls to the ground. It was it was remarkable. But Wisconsin moved the ball. You know, they had some luck on the ground. It was a little bit different than Minnesota because Nebraska only gave up 31 yards, I think, total against Minnesota in the first half. Um, it's a little bit different. But still, it's that painful kind of loss because you have a lead. You're 14 to 3. I also follow some, you know, Wisconsin beat writer people. Um, back when we used to go on, they had, we came on our show or I went on their show. <laughs> and many of them were speaking of this game like it was over. It was 14 to 3 going into the fourth quarter, and they were like, oh, I don't think they're going to come back. I don't think Merch can throw the ball. They're not trying to throw the ball. They thought it was over. Um, even at 14 to 9, when they missed a two point conversion, which, by the way, I, I have some rules. I have rules in life, Chance. One we talked about before the show, not a fan of turkey. That's mm-hmm. my, one of my biggest rules is turkey should not be served ever. <laughs> if you have a choice between prime rib and turkey, go with the prime rib. That's one of my number one rules. But in football, I don't believe in chasing points until you have to. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you chase points until the fourth quarter, sometimes late in the fourth quarter. So I get why they're going for two there. They want to make it a three-point game. In a way, you're saying to your team, we don't think we can get another touchdown. We're going to take this two-point conversion here to get us to three because that's all we think we can get. You kick the extra point there. It's too early to make it 14-10 with the anticipation of scoring again and getting a three-point lead after you score the next time. Instead, they didn't. They missed two point, two two-point conversions, so they're only up one. Now, there should have been there's – there's a lot of criticism for that officiating crew. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that crew. That is the third time I can remember them doing a Nebraska game. And every time, there's weird things. Like, look, Nebraska got a lot of breaks. They called a roughing the passer that I thought was kind of cheap. They called a couple other things I thought were kind of cheap for Nebraska. Nebraska got some breaks. But their their time management, right, of – because the guy upstairs pushing the button for the, the clock, he basically takes this cue from the officials on the field, Right. And they're also have it, they also have the time on the field. So if something goes wrong or extra time gets ticked off, they're supposed to add it back on. Mertz has the quarterback sneak. He goes in the end zone. And I understand unpiling to make sure he got it. But you can't let the clock keep ticking there. Once he's scored, right? Once he has gotten across the line, which you've determined by saying it a touchdown, the clock should have stopped. So I thought it was like around 39, maybe 40 seconds they could have stopped the clock. Or put that time back on. Instead, it goes to 35. Now, I know five seconds is a huge amount, and you see what ended up happening in Nebraska on their last drive, but that's something, that's simple time management that the officials have to be watching. They have to put five seconds back on the clock, maybe four. Then Nebraska makes the mistake of returning the kickoff. I understand you want a big play, but what tells you that Nebraska is going to get a big play on a kickoff return? What's your basis of, of evidence? There, there's no evidence over the course of this season. What tells you, and I think Tommy Hill is a fine athlete, but what shows you that he is going to bring it back to make it worth losing the eight seconds or seven seconds you're going to lose? 
It's a situation where you have to tell him, I, th- I believe, fair catch it, let's go from the 25, let's try to get three completions and try to get into some field goal range despite having to go into the wind. You're taking a huge chance on something that you have no evidence can happen. There was zero evidence that Tommy Hill was going to bring that ball back to the, even the 25. I would say 90% of the kickoff returns he's had have not reached the 25-yard line. So what makes you think this one is going to get farther than that? Are the eight seconds worth it? I don't believe so. Times have been put on the clock again. Should have been 40 or 39. And that's where you should have gotten the ball after a fair catch. And does it make a difference? Probably not. But you are with two timeouts, 39 seconds and two timeouts are way different than 27 seconds. I believe that's what they had after the kickoff. And two timeouts. It's just a big, it's, it's two plays, man. It's huge. But that's, that's what happened. And between the referees not having the clock right and Nebraska choosing to run, turn the kickoff, you, you burn in 13 seconds. Doesn't make a lot of sense. But anyway, that, that happens at the end of the game. You just felt this coming. You felt that Nebraska was going to find a way. And, and the big part about it is you could see the offense struggling all day long. So you knew that that 14 they got was probably stretching the amount of points that Nebraska could score, right? You kind of knew that. The, the entire drive chart is just punts and those two touchdowns. There was nothing else involved. You know, they, they were not moving inside the other team's 40-yard line. There was no finishing drive rate. There was none of that. There was just simply Nebraska being inept on offense for a number of reasons. And we'll get into a bunch of those as we go along. I know a lot of people want Mark Whipple's head on, on a pike. I get that. I just think his hands are literally tied. He's got a system that he runs. He's got an offensive line that is bad. He's got a running back right now who's a starting running back who's probably the best guy they got who just cannot find the hole. Sometimes he's too patient. <laughs> That's what she said. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, she's too, sometimes he's too patient. Sometimes he just simply picks the wrong hole. And sometimes he does too much tiptoeing. You, you can hear it throughout the press box. I'm sure you could hear it throughout the stands. I'm sure you could hear it in your house. Just go. Yesterday, Mark Whipple, did, and I look, he took a lot of criticism yesterday. Yesterday, they did several things I wanted to see them do all year long. They went with three tight ends on multiple plays. They had both Chancellor Brewington and Vokalek and others pulling and leading to the hole, coming down and wham blocking people. That's what we've been asking for all year. But how many times did you see that wham come across and Grant not be on that guy's ass? He's got to be. He has got to be there. You are, you are going with him. It's kind of like when you get out of the car and you're with your wife and it's windy, <laughs> right? And you're going to that restaurant. You're going to that building. You know how it is. She's got to be right there or you got to be right there on her butt. Somebody's got, you got to be connected because when you hit that door, you got to get through it. Because the wind is too strong for one person to get through and have to wait for the other, right? That's where he needs to be. It needs to be a windy-ass day in downtown Omaha where he's heading to that door. He's got to be right behind that tight end or that pulling guard. And instead, he's one or two steps behind him because he's tiptoeing or he's not just getting vertical. And the crazy part about it is, and this is Casey Thompson. He's been this way since the first press conference he had with Nebraska after the first game. He's brutally honest. Uh, Chance, could you play? So Casey, I cut the Casey bite where he's talking about Grant running the ball. And, and this is a, this is basically what we're talking about, right? 
This is exactly what we see when you're watching this game be played. Did I send it to you? Yeah, you have, right? Casey, uh-huh. Casey Grant. When I was handed it off to uh, AG, I just I felt like that you know the best thing he could do was try to get north and south and stick his foot in the ground. You know, running uh, lateral against teams like this is not going to be good. Um, but you know, there were a couple. We had we had opportunities for big plays. There were some gaps, um, and I think that he could have uh, increased a few of them. But you know, those you could tell that the, the Wisconsin players are definitely strong, and they had a lot of uh, size on them. You know, like I said, I didn't see a whole lot throughout the day, but there was a few times where I thought he'd break it big and maybe score a touchdown or pick up, you know, a big game. But uh, he's doing a good job. He's doing the best that he can. Yeah, he whether he's seeing ghosts or maybe he's a little injured, banged up tentative for whatever reason but there were multiple times that you saw that there was one time particular in the third quarter and Nebraska's going with the win and there's a run to the right and I believe it's Vokalek who's getting in the hole I think it's Vokalek and from upstairs you see it open but then you see Grant and so it's slow to the hole you know fast out Fast through, you know? Slow to the hole, quick through. Slow to the hole is, is okay when, you know, you got, you're, you're running some zone, you're running some outside zone, and you're waiting for cut back through whatever gap you think you're going to have. But on that lead play, that, like, it's almost like a power G play, but it's with the tight end. You follow that guy. Get after him. And instead, he got tackled like around his waist after I think a three-yard gain. That might have been a house call. Now, then you'll say, well, why isn't Gabe Irvin playing, right? Or Ramir Johnson more? Well, that's that's on the running back coach to assign who's going in the game. That's normally the way it works. Offensive coordinator calls the plays. Sometimes he's calling the formation. Sometimes there's somebody else calling the formation as part of the offense. You call in the formation, I'm calling the play. You're making sure everybody who needs to be on the field is on the field. The running backs coach, the wide receiver coach, are making sure that the right personnel is in the game who they want in the game. This guy's had three, four plays in a row. We're going to sit him down because he's a little tired. Or You're working on that. So if you see Anthony Grant struggling the way he was yesterday, then yeah, sure. Let's get Gabe Irvin or somebody else another shot. And Gabe Irvin had a really nice run where he exactly the same thing. Got to the hole. There was a guy at his feet, stepped over, kind of a little mini jump over him. And I don't know what total he got for yards on that carry. I think he only had the one carry. Was it five yards? Um, Gabe Irvin, four yards. A four-yard carry. Not, Not anything huge. But you saw him navigate the traffic. And that's what you needed. Someone navigating the traffic. And that's not what Anthony Grant gave yesterday. And again, there's a number of reads. It's a long season. Maybe he's gotten to the point now where he doesn't expect there to be holes. I don't know. But how many times did he try to bounce outside something where you're like, where are you going? They, they had three tight ends in the game. They had four tight ends in the game, essentially, because they dropped one of the wide receivers down right next to the line of scrimmage. It was tight. On the right side, it was Rollins, Vocalect, and Brewington. And you're like, we're going to run physical at that. We're following that. That's our wall. He takes two steps towards it. Now, you can cut back off of that. You can just stay on their hip. Do whatever you want. Instead, he tries to bounce it outside towards West Stadium. And what happens? Now, he ended up only losing one yard. He probably should have lost five. But he was struggling. So, again, you can blame the offensive coordinator, and there is liability there for sure. 
but he's got an offensive line that at times is horrible. He's got a running back that's struggling. He's got a quarterback that at times, and, and Casey Thompson is tough as all get out. But there are times where he's missing guys that are open as well. And, I, and I've seen the history of this offense. I know it couldn't work. We, we can go back and look even this season when it worked. You can go back in Whipple's past and see when it worked. And occasionally there'll be a play call like the touchdown pass to Palmer, the second one. You heard the guys, the commentators, Greg and Damon saying how open he was, right? Saw it before the play. They were lined up. It was he and Omar Manning lined up next to each other to the left of the formation, right? Both kind of in the slot. And I said right then, I said, they're either going to throw the corner to Palmer because Omar is going to come inside on the quick slant or they'll reverse it and you throw the slant. But somebody's going to be wide open. You could see the way the defensive backs were lined up. They weren't lined up like they needed to be to cover both those routes. They weren't. And that's what happened. Omar goes to the corner. Both of the guys in the secondary kind of drift to him. You got the quick slant, touchdown. Right? Trey Palmer. That's drawn up to beat that defense. And it worked. And there are other times where things are drawn up where they should work. They just don't because some people don't do their jobs. <laughs> and that happens. But, you know, I mean, there's lots of criticism to go around. If you want, if you want it all to be at Mark Whipple's feet, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. I mean, you could say that I would much rather have Scott Frost calling the plays. That's fine. Because there's a lot of parts of what Scott Frost did with running game incorporated into the offense that we need to see. If you watch any college football yesterday, and maybe after the Nebraska game was over, you were done. Possible. A lot of good games last night and yesterday. Maybe you were done. But the the key thing you saw across college football, how does Iowa get so many turnovers? It's incredible. Anyway, the, the, the number one thing you saw yesterday, in my opinion, if you watch college football, was what the mobile quarterback can do for you. You know what Brown can do for you? Get you your packages? You know what gets you a score? Mobile quarterbacks. Watch Jalen Daniels from LSU. Watch the USC quarterback. Watch DTR from UCLA. Watch any of those games yesterday. Even Cam Rising helping, or the Utah quarterback helping them get back into the game. It's about making guys miss in the backfield. It's about taking the 10 to 15 yards that are given you. It's about the threat in the red zone. And that's not what Whipple calls. And I don't know. And Casey Thompson had, I mean, he led, he led the lead the team in rushing, I'm assuming, because I don't think anybody else was close to him the way he rushed. Um, Casey Thompson rushing yesterday was, yeah, 11 for 53 gross. His net was 33. So, yeah, he led the team. But that's not, he's not the explosive running threat you'd like to see. Even Logan Smothers, maybe even Chubba Purdy, more explosive running than he is. But you also don't have a, a coordinator that calls those plays like you had with Scott Frost. But whatever happens, whoever becomes the head coach here, whatever offensive scheme they bring in, it better involve a mobile quarterback and taking advantage of what that gives you on your offense. It they has to happen. That has to happen. So again, what Spencer, Spencer Petrus is for Iowa, that's a rarity. What Graham Mertz is for Wisconsin, that's a rarity today in football. You got to give me somebody who can go get it from the running from the quarterback spot with his feet, and hopefully, whatever the future holds for Nebraska, coaching wise, roster wise, that needs to be a part of it. On the show today, we'll take a look at some of the tougher losses of the season, where this fits. Um, I know it's pretty close to the top. We'll look at the disparity between 
first half defense and second half defense. We'll go over some of that as well. Plus, it was senior day yesterday. It was a gaggle of guys walking. It doesn't mean all those guys are gone, but they walked just in case yesterday. I think 30 or 31 guys walked yesterday. We'll get into that as well, remembering some of those guys and their careers here and some of the good things that happened yesterday that helps us look towards the future. And, of course, we'll take a look at the coaching search as well. All coming up here on Severe Reaction on 1620 The Zone. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.